Hi everyone, JJ here with The Art of Value. Welcome. Well, today we're going to look at another interview with Monish Pabrai. He gave a Q&A session with students at the SRCC School in Delhi. He talked about the AI euphoria that he sees, he talked about investing mistakes, he talked about NVIDIA, he talked about Microsoft. So let's get straight into what he said. Monish was asked about investing mistakes and he said, and mistakes are okay, you can make up to 50% mistakes and still do very well. But he says that investors tend to make mistakes because they project current circumstances to infinity. As an example of this, he mentions NVIDIA. He says it's just recently hit a trillion dollar market cap. It's up nearly 200% just in year to date, halfway through the year. He says that NVIDIA is at the center of the AI boom. It's a great business and a lot of people think it's going to do very well. He adds that he doesn't have a position in NVIDIA. He said there's a lot of euphoria around NVIDIA right now. And he said, but if you were to do a discounted cash flow analysis, say projecting forward, earnings that you think for the next three, five, ten years and then discount the cash flows back to today, you'd find it very difficult to get to that trillion dollar market value he thinks. He says that he thinks it would be difficult to come up with a future cash flow stream for NVIDIA say over the next 10 years that exceeds that. He observes as many other value investors have in the past that auction driven markets, the stock market for instance, tends to vacillate between fear and greed and so he thinks Nvidia is definitely in that greed stage he's mentioned euphoria and he remembers that similar sentiment existed with Microsoft during the dot-com bubble early 2000 and indeed running up to that but that was the height of Microsoft at the time it got to a 600 billion dollar valuation which was a huge valuation in those days more than 20 years ago. Pabra mentioned that he went to Microsoft in Seattle around that time and talked to the people there and they had a lot of stock and options in the company and they were very excited about it and he looked at the valuation and saw that 600 billion dollar figure which was huge it was in the top three at the time it was Cisco and General Electric and he mentioned that but all of those three companies over the next 10 years didn't do very well at all as as an investment Microsoft did, continued to do well but the stock itself didn't it can be a great company and a bad investment of course it's done pretty well after that but he makes the point that if people get excited about the stock the market value goes really high it can actually work out not to be a good investment because sentiment can wane and it can take a decade to get back if so if you buy at the peak of these valuations instead of undervalued it can not work out well even though at the time it seems like there's no way it can lose he said after the dot-com bubble burst in 2000 microsoft went down to about a hundred billion dollar valuation from 600 billion so it was a big drawdown Amazon was a similar situation it took the better part of a decade to get back to where it was after the dot-com bubble burst so there was so much euphoria about it people were buying it and it took a long time to get back to where it was and people didn't hold it there was a long time to hold it there are very few people who held Amazon stock through that time until it exceeded that valuation and started to do well after that it's a long time to hold a losing stock or a stock that's flat even for that longer time for nothing to happen. Pabra says when he looks at Nvidia now he sees it rhyming a lot with what Microsoft was like back then. History doesn't repeat but it rhymes and he says that you know back then you couldn't do without Word, you couldn't do without Microsoft's programs, it was it seemed like a monopoly and indeed it did get into regulatory problems as a monopoly back then and it seems similar with Nvidia their chips are in great demand it's AI is booming so why wouldn't it keep going and going but it rhymes with what was happening back then he thinks.
By the way, if you're getting value out of this episode so far, I'd really appreciate it if you hit that like button. If you're watching on YouTube to help spread it to more people. Also, we're well over a thousand subscribers across YouTube and Spotify, those two video platforms for podcasting. So if you're not subscribed yet and you're enjoying this episode, maybe consider subscribing so you can get more. He did say that if he held Microsoft stock today, he wouldn't sell it, but he wouldn't necessarily be buying it either. He mentioned great companies at rich valuations. That's not what he's into. He says he's a cheapskate at heart, meaning that he's a value investor there. He's looking for underpriced stocks. So he implies that he wouldn't buy Microsoft today. And I know for a fact that he's looking at small caps anyway. He wants those 100Xs. So he's looking at small caps, micro caps even in odd situations, really cheaply priced. So there's no way that I'd see that he'd be buying Microsoft, although he has bought Brookfield and some other big companies in the past. But generally, he's looking for those small caps that are underpriced that could grow 100X. And I've made videos about finding those 100 X stocks. I'll put a link to that at the end of this video. And for those watching on Spotify and listening on other podcast platforms, I'll put a link to that in the description as well. Later on in this long Q&A session, he was asked about what he thinks about what the winners of AI will be. What are the companies that will be winners, the startups in the space or the big established players, the mega caps? We all know who they are. Here's an idea of what he might invest in in the AI space, but he puts it in the too hard basket. It's too early to know. We don't know how it will work out. So on the AI race, the AI boom that's going on at the moment, he says he likes to have simpler questions. He doesn't like these too hard questions that it's impossible to know who's going to win the AI race. He likes simpler questions in investing, the ones that he knows the answer to or that have a higher probability of getting the right answer than picking the winners in AI. He says about NVIDIA, it doesn't matter if he doesn't invest in NVIDIA, even if it goes 10x over the next 10 years, which obviously he thinks is very unlikely, but it depends what else he invests in. He doesn't matter if it goes 10x, he doesn't care about missing it. And it just depends what else he invests in, the other opportunities that he sees. He talks about it in relation to baseball, as Warren Buffett did. He got this from Warren Buffett, that in baseball you get three strikes. In investing, you get unlimited strikes. So you can just let the ball go past and not swing at something like NVIDIA that's at euphoric levels expensive. And it may take a lot to get to $10 trillion. $1 trillion is a big market cap to get to $10 trillion over the next 10 years. Looks pretty difficult. So he concludes that point by saying, yes, NVIDIA could be 10 trillion in a few years time, but it also could be a few hundred billion in a few years time. He thinks this is one of the reasons for the big error rate in investing that people get caught up in this euphoria and FOMO and so forth in companies like NVIDIA and it doesn't work out well. He says the other big reason for the high error rate in investing is because we're trying to project the future of a business the future trajectory of a business and that's really hard a lot of things can happen in capitalism a lot of things can happen it's very brutal and there can be changes in government regulation as we sometimes see in china but it can happen in the u.s or anywhere as well a great manager can leave there can be a black swan event a, a say a good founder can die unexpectedly because there's so many reasons that it could not work out the way that we project it to work out. Trying to project the outcome of where a company will be in three, five years or more is by definition prone to error. So that's why there's a large error rate with investing. But that's okay. As he has said many times, you only need over half to still do very well. A lot of the best investors of all time 
have error rates like that or a third wrong. If you get a third wrong, that's inc- that will you be up there with the best in the world. He adds that to be a good investor, you need to be a pessimist and an optimist at the same time. Keep both of these thoughts in your head at the same time. That's the bull case and the bear case. And if you can do that, you should be able to do very well. More generally, Pat Bryce said in investing, and he was talking to students here, that if you want to be a good investor, you need the right temperament. So not get sucked into this kind of euphoria. And you need to have patience and study good investors of the past and the present. He mentioned Buffett. He mentioned the resource on CNBC, all the archive of Buffett videos. He's saying that that's kind of the best university course that you could take. Watching hundreds of hours of Buffett videos would stand you in good stead for a future in investing which I think is good advice too. As I said if you're on YouTube I'm going to put a link up here to a video about 100 baggers and in the description as well and up here I'm going to put one to a previous Monish Paper video so if you enjoyed this one got value out of it you'll be wanting to watch one of those videos as well and thanks for watching or listening and I'll see you in the next one.